Welcome to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 26th episode. Firstly, may I apologise that we're slightly late with this month's podcast. We always try and aim to get them out the first of every month, but with Garmin launching their Phoenix 6 GPS watch on the 29th of April, I thought it was best to delay the podcast so we can get Tom on from Garmin to discuss this all-new GPS watch from Garmin. So, as I've already flagged up, we've got Tom joining us from Garmin, and we have Ian from GPS Training, and of course myself, John, who's also from GPS Training. So, without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. Or he said it's our 26th podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to look at the following. We chat with Tom from Garmin about the all-new Garmin Phoenix 6 GPS watch. We chat with Ian about the new way we're doing our technical sport here at GPS Training. For those of you who bought a unit from us, been on one of our GPS training courses, or alternatively brought, bought either our, either our bronze, silver, or gold support packages. And then finally, we have Ian's FAQs, both Garmin and SatMap. The first thing on this month's GPS training podcast is a chat with Tom from Garmin about the all-new Phoenix 6 GPS watch. So welcome back, Tom, to the GPS training podcast. Good morning. Are you fit and well? I am. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, nice sunny day here. Yeah, we're supposed to be recording this yesterday, but I think we both end up with very busy days, so we're now doing it the following morning at 10 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, time to kind of get on with it. I got stuck behind that... um traffic jam that was the gin lorry on the M6. Oh, yes. Was that slow gin by any chance? Oh, was that it? is the joke that's going around. <laughs> I heard that on the radio this morning, so that's it. So, okay, back to what we should be discussing, which is the new Phoenix Watson. First of all, Tom, I know we've discussed Phoenix Watson in the past. I think quick overview, really, of the Phoenix GPS watch, what it does, a kind of, yeah, the basic main principles of, of what a watch does, and then we'll kind of go a bit more in depth into the product itself. Yeah, so um, Phoenix 6 is a what we call a multi-sport GPS watch. So you've got all the GPS-led um, features in there, navigational aid side, so routes, tracks, waypoints, all of that kind of thing. You've got all of Garmin's sports apps, so run, bike, swim, etc. Um, then it's a fitness tracker, so it's one of our fitness bands, steps, distance, and it's also a smartwatch as well. Yeah. So it's really a watch you can wear every day, but then when you're out in the countryside it, or running or exercising, it, it measures that. And also navigation device, isn't it, as well? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of combines lots of different devices into one. So then I'm just trying to get the timeline as well. So Phoenix 5, we have the Phoenix 5, Phoenix 5 Plus, which yeah. I think just had the addition of maps on all models and Garmin Pay. Is that right, if I remember rightly? Yeah. So and music, sorry, as well. I, I, yeah, I, I can kind of run through it briefly with you. So sure. the first Phoenix came out in 2012. Okay. And Phoenix 6 is our seventh iteration of that. Um, kind of last year, 2018, we launched Phoenix 5 Plus, um, which was uh, our first series that was mapping all the way across the range. And uh, we also bring, brought in some kind of um, smart features, basically, was the big update. So like you said before, Garmin Music and Garmin Pay came across um, those two models, uh, the Phoenix 5 Plus models across the whole range. Mm -hmm. Key thing there, I know we all wear them, my wife wears them, uh, or Phoenix watches and all my staff do. Mm -hmm. you no, know, they have to put the Spotify on and that kind of stuff. They went to the music, they, they've loaded the Spotify accounts on them and they download their, their playlists onto it. And then they, they, they walk and, and, and exercise with just wireless headphones on as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. You can store the music or your podcasts or your audiobooks directly on the watch and stream into a set of Bluetooth headphones when you're out uh, doing some activity or in the gym or whatever it may be. That's fantastic. Brilliant. So um, so we're 15 months on and we've now got the Phoenix 6. So really, what are the key differences between the Phoenix 6 and the Phoenix 5 Plus, which is what we were discussing last year? Okay. Yeah, so um, kind of hardware-wise, um, size has changed a little bit. So on Phoenix 5 Plus, all the screen sizes were exactly the same and the same resolution. Uh, but on Phoenix 6, even though we've got three different size bodies, we've now got three different size watch faces as well. Um, so you've got the, five, uh, the 6S, which is the smaller or slimmer model. You've then got the standard 6 and a 6X, which is the larger uh, one. Um, what that gives is um, the ability to show more information on the screens and um, link more different bits of information together. So get your heart rate on the map screen and, and uh, really mix it around. Um, it's also an always on display. 
Um, so you can use it all the time. Um, and then kind of build quality-wise, something that Garmin have been doing over the past uh, 15, 18 months is moving across to a US military standard of testing. Yeah. Um, and it's come on 66s, as you know, we've talked about it previously in Reach, and it's now filtering down to the watches. Brilliant. So the key thing is uh, larger screens on all models, again, both the S, the standard model, and the X, which is the larger version as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, higher resolution as well, so clear as the screen clogs well, quality is much much better as i just yeah. came into here somebody just rang up and asked a question and i'm going to just drop it on you somebody said is the screen brighter on the phoenix i don't i don't really know what because yes asked me as a woman said is the phoenix is the screen brighter? i don't know what they mean by that but again is is it's a higher resolution isn't it so higher resolution let me just double check it so yeah so a 6s is 240 by 240 uh 6 is 260 by 260 and 280 by 280 i think we were down at 192 Right. A standard Phoenix 5 Plus. So, yeah, quite a big increase. So, that will, queen, uh, screen clarity will be. Uh, very it's something I've never really thought suffered really on the Phoenix range because, again, with the maps, um, I've got a 5 Plus on my wrist at the moment. No, with the maps, they, I think they look fantastic. The screen looks absolutely stunning, actually, both indoors and outdoors, as an outdoor GPS unit has in the past. And now with the watches, I think they look truly stunning, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of. Um, Part of that as well is the the new Gorilla Glass, which um, uh, we're probably going to talk about. But that's um, helping with the screen clarity as well on the well, screen. We can discuss that Gorilla Glass because again, that's something else that we've been asked from various persons. So you've moved really from um, upgraded from Gorilla Glass two to three. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Which I think, because I asked you, I, I sent you an email, I think, on launch day saying, well, what's that? And, and, and I was actually printed off before we had a bit of a chat. And you say it's 20 times stronger than the 5 Plus is the uh, as the figure you gave me. Yep. Um, so, um, Sapphire, uh, so that we do use two different glasses, yep. basically. Gorilla Glass and Sapphire Glass. So, just so you know, Sapphire Glass, it's the second hardest material in the world after diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, means it's really hard to uh, scratch or break but there's obviously a cost implication with using that material so that's why we use some of the models which are gorilla glass um which is still a really tough material just not quite as tough as um uh, sapphire so sure. gorilla glass three is is not um is much much stronger than the gorilla glass two that we've been using um in the past it's improved damage resistant fundamentally tougher um, and a totally new com- uh, design um makeup so it's so when you're saying it's it's tougher is that less scratch is it more scratch resistant or yeah more risk scratch resistant because that's the thing with the with the older watch or the phoenix five you know and again, we take trading and things no those glass screens do get scratched um yeah. whether sapphire you know if somebody for me trading a sapphire i know the screen's gonna be 100 percent because the, the quality of that sapphire is second to none now with that new gorilla glass are, are we not far off the quality of a sapphire or, or are we still going to get those scratched you know, i'll be honest i've got a phoenix five on my wrist it's got a couple of scratches on it i think there still will be a slight difference between the two um but um the gap is is narrowing uh, as we say um gorilla glass three is more damage resistant um than before and the reason behind that is that gorilla glass three isn't chemically strengthened it's at its atomic level right so what that means is it's fundamentally stronger we're not doing it by a chemical uh change to the material and um, so it will be much much stronger than a, a 5s so really what we're kind of saying if you're wanting to use this for mountain biking climbing scrambling etc still that sapphire version is the one we should be yeah, looking at sapphire, isn't it? if you're really uh, you know rugged out you know using it a lot in the outdoors where it could get bumped and, and bashed the sapphire ones are still and i'll be honest that's been our sales so far i know it's been with us you no know, just for four or five days do you know 75 80 percent of our sales are the sapphire you know which yeah. is, is is really what I, that's what i'm recommending because because actually spending that amount of money on a watch why not get one that's going to be you no know, is, is not going to get scratched it's going to that durability and and that's really what i think our customers should be looking at and that's if i get a new watch which i'm going to um the sapphire is the one i'm going to go for Brilliant. So we looked at the build quality um, and the size of that, the screen. Um, what other key features have we got there, Tom? So um, we've added a raft of new um, kind of performance and management um, features. So this year's update with Phoenix is all about um, the outdoor and um, fitness user. Um, so we've kind of did all our smartwatch updates last year. This is all about performance. So Pace Pro is a new running feature. 
um, sits in the running side of things. And what this allows you to do is we've had things like virtual partner, virtual pacer in the past where you can say, I want to run a marathon in three hours and it breaks it down into the minutes per mile or minutes per kilometer and tells you whether you're ahead or behind. What that doesn't do is take into account a hill or yeah. the fact that you might start fast and finish slow or start slow and finish fast. Pace Pro does that. You give it some key bits of information um, how fast you want to do it. You tell it the route that you're going to do and you tell it whether you want to start fast, finish slow, whether you want to run fast up hills or back off on the hills. And Pace Pro will constantly update throughout the whole activity to try and get you to that target time. Brilliant. It's absolutely, it's groundbreaking for people who are wanting to pace an event or a running activity or something like that. It's so where does it get that information from? Is it getting information from other Garmin users or is it getting it from the map or how does it, because again, if you're if, doing the Great North Run, do you know, it knows that route, is it, where does it get that information most, from? Most runs, like things like the Great North Run, for example, have a GPX file already readily available. You can pull them into Garmin Connect, layer all this page pro over the top of it, Brilliant. and away you go, or you can draw your route in Garmin Connect. Fantastic. So that data will be there ready to go. Good. So we're all going to be running faster then. <laughs> and the other thing that you mentioned there was power that was the other big thing the power management uh, i think has been the big big update really hasn't it as well yeah so this is again a usability um side of things so and um, the first thing we've done is we've um changed from showing a percentage battery life to the amount of days or hours left in battery life which means a lot more to people when they're actually physically out using the watch if you're stood um out uh, on a run and thinking of oh, I've got 20% left, what does that mean? Well, nobody really knows, mm -hmm. but if you know you've got eight hours left, that means something um, to you. So that's what we've done is all the data fields have now changed to amount of time left. And also you've got different power management systems that can go in. So actually if you can look, I've got two hours left, you then can say, all right, I'm gonna go into this power management system. Now I've got a day left, can't you? Yeah, so we totally changed that. So you've got almost like profiles for power management and you can say, um, right, I want maximum battery life. It turns down all the features, the backlight, it turns off the heart rate, off the wrist, all of that kind of thing really strips it back. Um, or if you want maximum battery life, maximum data, and it, you can work through it. You can even do things like, um, I'm going skiing, I'm going to wear the watch on the outside of my jacket, so I don't want the heart rate on the wrist turned on. Right. Um, so and you can do that as a, as a separate profile for when you go skiing or mountaineering or et cetera. And then right at the extreme, you've got expedition mode, haven't you? Which really will yeah. cut off those key ones as well. Yeah, so we've got expedition mode and um, a kind of max battery life mode um, available in there. So expedition GPS mode and then a full battery saver mode, which turns off everything altogether. Um, I was just looking at some reviews on that because that, that complete battery save one just switches everything off and you just end up with the time and your basic basic steps and that kind of thing. And it's yeah. just phenomenal. So it kind of, if you're down to the last... 20 minutes, last 30 minutes of your battery and you're out and about, you can just switch it off and suddenly you've got a week's battery life or number of weeks battery life um, if, if, if that's what you want. And so it's 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 very clever. I, I think they've stole that really from another manufacturer of watch I may add, but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just keep leapfrogging and, um, and catching up and then overtaking, isn't it? But I think it's really nice that we've got that options now to alter those settings and improve those battery life. I mean, even in the kind of expedition GPS mode, so if you're going on a long walk, like a long distance walk, even on the 6S, which is the smallest body, so uh, the, the lowest battery life, um, 20 days yeah. of use, um, and that's with GPS running in expedition mode, all the way up to uh, 46 days in a 6X. Wow. Really, really good battery life. That's brilliant. That's really good. So I think that's the key things there. So the key things are, we no longer just tells you what percentage, now how long that's going to last, and we've got these different options that you can switch the GPS into different battery options and you can um, save your battery, use more battery, as you say, right into this expedition mode or even just blanking it right down to this uh, screen which just tells you the time, which kind of lasts, I think, near enough forever. Any other key things? I think we've still got you know, our, our sports apps on there. Um, golf, did we have the golf courses on the five? Uh, I no, golf was a downloadable via Connect IQ. Right. Directly on the device. Um, so yeah, it's an option on there, but it has been in the five, five um, series. Right. Okay. Because again, a lot of our a lot of our customers also will walk and cycle and also do golfing, so that they can download the golf and it tells how far the the pin is on each of those golf courses. Yeah, isn't so it? you can see how far the pin is, how far it is to the front, middle, back of the green, and how far it is to the bunkers and things like that. And um, for uh, is it forty one thousand golf courses around the world? <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> And then also the key thing is, and I've got a lot of friends who are using it. If this, you mentioned it briefly as well, skiing. You've got the the ski resorts on there, haven't you? As well, I think two thousand yeah, so worldwide ski resorts, haven't you? 
Yeah, so that's something that's really new to uh, the, the Phoenix 6 is we're really increasing our ski features. Um, and there's a lot of new ski metrics that are coming for, for this winter, for the ski season. So things like, uh, especially cross-country skiing, ski touring, we can tell you uh, things like uh, pole rate, uh, you know, all sorts of different uh, bits of information um, for when you're out. Um, and this is all on the topo active mapping, isn't it? That, that yeah, it's all on the topo active mapping with some extra bits of data for the ski resorts. Um, and some new features in the watch So I'm going to jump in with a question from one of our uh, listeners who asked a question. It's Andrew Kennard, actually. He says, um, one question has been asked. He says, would it ever support Ordnance Survey Maps? Some of the older Phoenixes used to be able to download bird's eye uh, Ordnance Survey mapping onto them. Um, that, that stopped in the 5 plus, so I think it was a 5. Um, is there any thoughts of reintroducing this to the Phoenix Rage, Tom? I don't think so uh, the topo active mapping has got so much better um, and os mapping is almost too detailed for the size of screen that we've got mm-hmm. topo active mapping because when you zoom in and out information appears and disappears and um, because it's a, a vector map and um, it works really well on the smaller screen sizes and um, whereas the os mapping it would just pick, it would just get more and more blurry as you zoom in especially on the resolution of screen that we've got on the actual devices so I think, no, we stick with the Topo Active. It gives us so much other features as well in the turn-by-turn, round-trip routing, and all the other options, the ski mapping and the goal, everything, it's all built around. Those are my thoughts as well. So, say somebody walks with a Phoenix on the wrist, I'd like that Topo Active mapping, actually. It's got a lot more detail, especially when you go through country parks and things. It's got all the paths on there where often the Ordnance Survey map doesn't have those on there. So sometimes you've got a little bit extra detail, which I really like. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's really well-built mapping, and like, and so it's not cluttered at all, so it's great for using on your wrist and so many features as a a benefit good and it's turn by turn navigation isn't it as well turn by turn yeah fully across the whole of europe yeah well with our ordnance survey um on on an outdoor gps we've just got turn by turn routing within national parks with a topo active map and we've got it across the whole of europe haven't you and again that that topo uh, the the ordnance survey is that's only on a card we can't do that on download at the moment so you wouldn't get any of that nowhere that's brilliant We've still got round trip routing, turn by turn navigation with taught out and climb bro climb pro feature. Is that new or is that was that on the old one, the climb pro feature? So it's in different guises on on, on the, the five, but climb pro basically allows you to see in real time your current climb that you're doing. So how far you're up the climb, current gradient, distance you've been climbing, and the elevation gain on that current climb. And it'll do that for the climbs um, within the event as well if you pre-programmed in your course. Very good. when you're running, walking. Excellent. And then um, I suppose the 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 key thing is Galileo. We won't talk about Europe, but the yeah. Galileo, which is the European satellite, um, it's now incorporated. So we saw it first on the sixty six S in the handheld world, and now this is the because the, the Phoenix Five we didn't utilize Galileo, did it? It didn't. No, no, no. I'm questioning myself there. So we are utilizing Galileo on the Phoenix Six, which gives us the accuracy. Uh, which is, is is phenomenal, isn't it? We've seen that anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. ABC sensors, music apps, Garmin Pay, wrist-based heart rate, um, pulse ox. Now, that's the other thing as well. Pulse ox uh, was just on the 5X before and now across the whole range, isn't it? Yeah, so that's dropped down across the whole range as we've, uh, as we've moved from the 5 to the 6 series. So that... Um, uses the heart rate wrist sensor to gauge how well your body's absorbing oxygen. Right. And it's a real good indicator of how well your body's performing. And um, really great for altitude acclimatization. So okay. the watch can tell you how well you're acclimatizing. Um, and then it also works within sleep monitoring as well. But yeah, altitude acclimatization. So that's more for your mountaineers, but again, to see. Is oxygen level, I suppose, when you're running is quite an important thing as well, is it? Yeah, depending on where you're running, um, but yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, all about that acclimatization. Very good. There's this new safety and tracking feature, isn't there? This, I think, has this come over from the cycling word from Garmin, hasn't it? Yeah. So um, there's a couple of different things you can pre-program in emergency contacts into your phone, and um, if the watch detects a big force being applied, aka you falling over, uh, etc., and falling off your bike. Um, it will trigger an instant and alert your emergency contacts that there's been an instant and then it offer you to, if, you've got, if you're connected, if you're paired to your smartphone and your smartphone's with you, um, offer to dial the emergency services for you. Um, and then there's a secondary part to that, which is the safety side, which is the you can press the power button four times in a row 
and that will automatically ring the emergency services if you feel unsafe if you're out running or walking and felt unsafe that's a really that's a really nice feature I must be put on the spot. I don't know the answer myself to this, but does that work along an inReach Mini or not? Because again, you can tether these things with inReach Minis. Would the inReach Mini be able to do that if you're out of mobile phone signal? So, as far as I know, those two bits have, aren't incorporated yet. Right. The Connect app, because it's all driven by Connect app and your mobile phone. Okay. Thing. Brilliant. So going back to Connect IQ store, so we've got the Connect IQ store, um, which is still packed full of stuff. I know the girls in the office spend half their life downloading faces for their watches, Tom. <laughs> it's always the story at coffee time with their latest face on their Phoenix uh, watch. Um, and I think that's the key features. And without moving on to the big thing, which is the, the solar charging on the 6X Solar, I don't think I've missed anything out about the watch, but the 6X Solar is the first watch from Garmin that now has a solar charger built in, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So we've done, just in the 6X Pro, we've done a solar version of that of that model. So there's two solar panels in the, in the watch face. It's built into the actual behind the glass. Um, there's a black ring around the outside, um, which when you actually look at one of those models, you can see it's like a gray colored ring. Um, looking at it without knowing you'd think it's just part of the bezel design and uh -huh. um, it's not very obvious and that's a solar panel um, and then behind the actual display that in, in the middle there's another solar panel so there's two different um, solar panels built into the into the watch screen and would that power the gps solely or we're still going to have to plug it in so you're still going to have to plug it in um if you the the official figures state that um in smartwatch mode um with a 6X, you get 21 days of battery life. This The solar would add another three days of battery life. Right. And then as you go through GPS and GLONASS, it added another six hours to the 60 hours. You already get um, expiration mode. It's 46 days. It goes up to 56 days, for example. Um, and that's with the watch seeing roughly three hours of sunlight per day. Okay. That those kind of um, charging figures from the solar panel. Right, so it's it's quite a yes, yeah, quite a step up in technology. So it's it's just keeping it boosted, really, isn't it? Um, and and it's not yet replacing uh, having to plug that in. No, it's not fully replacing the ability to ch have to charge the watch, especially if you're using it regularly in GPS mode. What it will do is it will considerably boost um, you on your expeditions activities. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and the key thing there, even though it's the most expensive model. We've got Gorilla Glass because actually we can't put solar behind the sapphire, can yeah, we? The solar technology needs to be behind Gorilla Glass rather than the sapphire, sapphire glass. Fantastic. So then let's quickly go over the models that we've got. So the ones with Gorilla Glass, which are the, what we call the Pro range, we've got the Phoenix 6 Pro and the Phoenix 6S Pro, which is the Gorilla Glass uh, uh, model, which is, is really the, the base unit. And then we move up to the sapphire. So we've got Phoenix S Sapphire, Phoenix S six sorry six and six s the s again being the the lighter one uh, on the wrist uh, the smaller one for people with smaller wrists or, or for ladies model um and then we've got the six x sapphire which the x gives us improved battery life uh slightly larger as well isn't it tom yeah larger larger screen you can put more data fields on the screen because it's larger as well i see more map yeah and the 6s pro solar which is the one we're just discussing there the other thing we've not mentioned there is the interface is quite different than our phoenix 5 isn't it because again when you scroll through your page on the phoenix 5 i'm just doing nine live you get your heart rate and you've got your steps etc etc you get one big page that displays this but on the phoenix 6 this is the key thing when i saw it, when you showed it to us a, a month or so ago is actually you see three activities don't you you see the one above it and the one below it and then we press yeah. the enter button to go into it so the interface is, is really, it's, it's nice. It's a lot easier to navigate yeah. around. Yeah, with each model, we kind of slicken up the, the user interface, make some changes to make it easier to use as we incorporate more and more features into the watches. Um, yeah, it's really slickened up. And one last question. I've emailed this, I quickly emailed you if you've had a chance to look at it is, so I say somebody else asked a question, so I've got to make a note of your name, was, on the news recently, there's been this um, what three words, you might have seen it, where what three words which you can give to emergency services, it's supposed to instead of a grid reference and it locates anywhere within the planet. Is there any thought of Garmin incorporating this onto both handheld GPS units and watches going forward? So, 
I'd ask you the cynical question of why would you want that? I don't know. Because the customers ask me the question to ask you, that's why. So, um, I'll, I'll go down the political route then. So the um, Scottish Mountain Rescue put a post out about two weeks ago about what three words? Right. So it's an absolutely, um, it is a great service that's been offered, but it doesn't replace the way that the Mountain Rescue and the Coast Guard and whoever, you know, it's all managed through agencies work and search for you. They can't navigate off three, the three word system. So they have to take the, the what three words and use a system to convert that to an OS grid reference to then go and use it. Yeah. But your Garmin device can give you an OS grid reference anyway, so why not just give them that? Exactly. Yeah. It's more accurate than what three word because you'd have to use your phone to get that at the moment. Um, and it's the grid systems aren't as small as the OS grid system either. Yeah. So you're rightly saying if you were on the hills with a, a Phoenix watch on or with an outdoor GPS unit and Mountain Rescue are going to use a similar piece of kit because actually you spend a lot of time working with these guys. They're going to want a grid reference. So if you give them what three words, they're going to ask someone to convert that into a grid reference, but into their GPS unit. Well, actually, why don't you just give them the grid reference in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it might be something again because there's the IQ app. So the people develop apps, don't you? Um, anybody can develop apps. So it might be something that they, some third party might want to do. Actually, what three words might do? You don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Might develop an app for it, but it's um, yeah. I can't yet see a way, a reason why you'd want to use that that system over the OS grid system. Yeah, that's totally logical. And especially now we've got the Galileo coming in there. The accuracy again. I go back to we're seeing two meter accuracy with that Galileo. So what we can't get more accurate than that, can we? No. Is there anything you want to add, Tom? It's been a really good chat, a really in-depth chat into the new Phoenix uh, Six range. Is there anything you want to add before we say goodbye? I don't think so. Yeah, we've covered pretty much the range. Very much, and thank you very much for joining me, Tom, on this month's podcast. If you guys find out more about the Phoenix Garmin Phoenix Six GPS watches, please go to our website, which is gpstrain.co.uk. Click on GPS Store on the top menu bar. Then on the left-hand side, you'll see under Multi-Activity GPS Watch, you see Garmin GPS Watch. The next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is chat with Ian about the new way we're doing our technical support here at GPS Training. For those of you who bought a GPS unit from us or be one of our GPS Training Courses alternative, but one of our bronze, silver or gold packages that we offer. So a little bit about the training support packages um, that we offer, Ian. So yeah, welcome Ian to this, this month's GPS Training Podcast. Thank you very much, John. Good have to you talk had, to you again. Have you had a good month, have you? Not bad, thank you. Yes, I had a busy, busy weekend just gone. Did three day, three days worth of courses down in the New Forest, which is brilliant. So Very based at that course and a two day Garmin course. And then you had a busy week when I was sunning myself on sunny Portugal, well, didn't you? Certainly did. Have, yes. <laughs> so this is where this next story has come from, Ian. Uh, sorry, you come from everybody. Is I was away on holiday, sunning myself in Portugal, and I thought, well, how do we keep everything going while we're away? So Ian did all our technical support while we're away. Um, the way we do it is is we have a customer management software system and we can just allocate tickets to a member of staff and it worked really well in well well ian thinks it worked very well and the feedback we had from customers was was actually really good as well wasn't it yes yes it was very very pleasing yeah yeah so we thought going forward let's continue with this we've had a really good couple of months so actually let's carry on and invest in the support that we offer to our customers and, and keep this going forward. So a bit of an explanation of how that works. So if people don't know, we offer three support packages. We have a bronze, silver, and gold support package. Um, bronze support package is our online resource, which is our online training area, and email support. You, you can purchase this as a yearly subscription, or you get this support package when you come on one of our uh, GPS training course, both either our one-day SatMap course or our two-day Garmin course. Online resource, I say, is an online training area, and email support is exactly what it says on the tin. Um, we also then have a silver support package, which is the online resource, email support, and also telephone support, and that can be purchased at any time. And then our top product is our Go support package. Again, you can purchase this from ourselves as a yearly subscription, or you get this free when you buy a outdoor GPS unit from us. And this is email support, access to the online resource, a telephone support. For Garmin users, you get a fact sheet on Garmin Basecamp, you get a quick start guide for Garmin uh, users, and both Garmin and SatMap users, we set up the unit uh, for you. And that's what we call our gold uh, support package. 
So that's the way, it, that's what we do. So when people email the questions in or ring us, we, we have stock answers for them or we answer them step by step. Um, so what I did when I was on holiday, Ian took over from this. And uh, when you when we answer one of your questions, we send a feedback form and it was very, very good. So we've we're going to continue with this going forward. So I kind of thought, explain a little bit about how this is going to work. So again, you know, if you email us, um, you know, you give your what's called a GPST reference numbers, which we know that you've got one of our support packages or you've bought a unit office in the last year. And then we can cross check, see what you've got, see what you've corresponded with us in the past and uh, and, and hopefully answer it. Um, so I thought for the podcast, I'm just going to ask Ian some of the questions you've been asked um, over the last what couple of weeks since you've been doing it and um yeah and see if there's anything we can yeah let people know in the podcast that might help them out going forward so ian so a couple of these questions and then we'll move into your faqs later on but some of the questions the technical support questions you've been asked over the last couple of weeks okay john well thank you um one of the questions that actually i've been asked uh, a couple of times and actually i was even asked on my course over the weekend uh was about the um track recording on the map 66 right okay i think where what people are getting confused with is that everyone starts to navigating their navigator route or a track or to a waypoint that's very um straightforward what people i think quite understandably and we're going to go into that a bit further on on my faqs uh that on the 66 we um i say we because i have one myself um have to um, actually manually start the uh, track recording, but you don't get a prompt to start it. Yeah, so I suppose and, what you're saying is that on the Oregon 700 range, E-Trex Touch, now we have this start button, which is yeah. fairly obvious, and you kind of like, you press it. But as you rightly said, the 66, you don't get that prompt, do you? Absolutely. Um, you, you, you don't get the prompt to start it. Um, and so, like... On my course over the weekend, there's a gentleman with a 66, and he said to me, you know, my GPS isn't working, GPS isn't working, because the trip odometer wasn't going up at all. Yes. And I and I always say to people, um, you know, and it, it, regardless of what GPS you've got, I say after 100, 200 metres, just check you've got like a little coloured line coming out the back of the blue triangle, because then you know that you're recording everything. Yeah. Um, and I said to the gentleman, I said, yeah, the... the um, the reason why you haven't got anything is because you haven't started the uh, track recording. And it's just remembering mentally to press the start button, uh, the end button, to start the track recording. Once you've done that, it, it's fine. Yeah. But it's it, there's no prompt. There's no visual prompt, whereas there is on the touch screens. Yeah, and I suppose in the older units, when we look at Oregon 600s or even previous ones in 64S, that was always the thing on the course, you know, reset your trip and track data. Absolutely. Well, actually, yes. as we kind of got maybe a little bit lazy with that, with the Oregons coming along yeah. and things yeah. and, and touches, yeah. because actually we now have a start button and we kind of don't really understand what we're doing with that start button. But yes. the 66 yeah. was still kind of doing it the the... I would say traditional way. The um, I don't know what the correct term is, but yeah, the the old way of doing it, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And say so it, it it's just say so even I have to remind myself. I the amount of times I even I you know I go out walking. I've had well almost I suppose coming up for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of times that I walk, I thought oh, haven't started the trip record trip track recording yet. And it's yeah, it's just because beforehand my GPS just recorded my. Um, track regardless yeah. um so yeah that was so, one of the anyway. things you've been asked anything else you've been asked just on your support that you've been doing in the last few weeks well yes a, a very recent one was um a gentleman was is an, one of our new customers and he um he was working his way through the base camp uh online resource for mac and i think his comments were you know how fantastic the online resource videos are very good um he, he, you know he he said they're very good, but one thing that he <clears throat> couldn't work out was could he change the root or track thickness on his Oregon, and could he do that within base camp? And I think that was something that you and I we spoke about 
was it last month's journal? I can't remember. It was last month's podcast. So he doesn't yeah, listen to the podcast. He's brought his GPS unit. He doesn't <laughs> listen to our podcast. It's our idle chat about that was the my new thing I learned last month. So actually, <laughs> do you know what? Why is he not listening to it? So yeah. uh, it's quite interesting when, when we talk about it uh, again. Uh, Within a few weeks, you've got somebody asking that same question. You're going to go, oh. yes. yeah. So. But 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 then I think the th- thing is though that um, you know, I, by the, I, as far as I recall, this is the gentleman's first uh, GPS, and so necessary last month wouldn't may not have been tuned into yeah. into the podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, so I sent him the the instructions how to change it within the Mac, uh, because to be fair. They are pretty well. These sorts of things are pretty well hidden. They are, yeah. yes. Um, and uh, also, you know, helping him understand that on the GPS, uh, the route color and thickness is what it is, and you can't make any changes to it uh, on a Garmin anyway. Um, I'm, but, yes. I'm quite impressed. Is that if he's quite new to his GPS unit, he's already yeah. getting into wanting to change colors and things. I, I, most people are just yeah. confused about how to yeah. plan a route on Garmin Basecamp. So it's quite yeah. nice that he's, uh, yes. he's managing to uh, yeah, think, think a little bit more about, be yeah, precise about what he's wanting to achieve. But I, I think if anything, John, it's, you know, as he was saying, the online resource videos is just like so, so good that, um, you know, it's helped him move along quite, yeah. quite well. So, um, yeah, top marks in the online resource. Hey, good stuff. <laughs> Anything else before we move on? Any other quick queries you've been asked as from support? Um, yeah, I had a gentleman. Oh, probably. I think yes, it was definitely whilst whilst you're away. Um, many customers certainly who have had GPS for quite some time. I said like pre two thousand ten when the mapping came onto the uh, GPSs. Uh, we all had uh, digital mapping uh, on our computers, either Merrimack or Crow. And the question was, you know, I've got full sets of all these maps, as I have as well. Um, I know lots of people around the country have. Can these be transferred and used on the GPS? And no, sadly, I say, you know, Garmin maps are for Garmin GPSs, and that's it. Um, I mean, you can still, you know, still use them on the computer, which I still do. Yeah. Um, But they're not transferable as maps onto... Uh, the GPS, and so you know, it was a question about the gentleman um, working out what his budget was going to be for buying the GPS and an audience survey map card as well. We still have quite a few customers who will plan the routes in memory map because they've always had that, and then export that as a GPX file, and then import that into yeah. Basecamp yeah. just because it is. And, and to be honest, as someone who runs an e-commerce business, he still uses Microsoft Paint um, rather than Photoshop, and I know what it's like to be settled into your ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and again, if, if they've invested money in that, I can understand that. It, it's something we we don't again if you've been on a course with us five six years ago we still do memory map on that second day where we before garmin base camp came along um so yeah i think it's uh those memory map people still um yeah still want to use it but it's it's quite nice using base camp next to unit isn't it because it's garmin products and garmin software as well isn't it yes yes to say it 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 works a lot better but you know sometimes um if my GPS is nowhere near me, at least I can still use another map product yes. just to do something and then do the the exporting and the importing of a GPX file. <laughs> I've just thought of another debate for a future podcast is memory map or Garmin Basecamp. That would be a good debate, wouldn't wow, it? that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. Fantastic. Those are some of the questions you've been asked uh, during the support. So again, just to summarise then, going forward, if you do send one of your support questions into yourself, which you've got one of our support packages, or you've got your unit offers in the last year, or you've been one of our training courses, uh, more than likely Ian will be answering you um, for port of call um if you if you get me uh, that's a short straw and uh, he just has to put it with me until he can take over because he's doing something far more important so if you want to find more about our support package please go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk click on gps store on the top menu bar and under accessories on the left hand side you will see gps support packages The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is Ian's FAQs. Welcome, Ian, back to the podcast where we talk over some of your FAQs, the frequently asked questions you've been asked on your GPS training courses over the last month. So welcome back, Ian, and to your own little slot. 
Thank you very much, Sean. So we're going to do our usual Garmin and SatMap FAQs. But first yeah. of all, we're going to start off with a little bit of issue that a few people have been experiencing with Garmin, Garmin Bird's Eye download, map downloads on Mac, isn't it? That's what the issue a few people have been having. Yes. Um, so I've had two or three customers contact us over the last really couple of weeks, I think it is, um, saying that they've tried downloading the bird's eye mapping to their computer from the Garmin servers and they either can't find it or it's just not happening at all. So just to clarify for people who don't know what we're talking about is Garmin Bird's Eye is a voucher that enables Garmin users to download 125,000 mapping. That's a Bird's Eye Plus voucher that you can buy with every GPS unit now with Garmin and that gives you an 25,000 square kilometers of 125,000 map which is the size of Wales actually larger than the size of Wales and what you do is activate this voucher or the credit against your account and then you physically just draw around the areas you want PC users not a problem but Mac users some of you have been having a problem and I think Ian's kind of found the solution or some users have found the solution so um, what is what is the problem and what's the solution then Ian? I think, well, um, I think you, for, well, I was first alerted by Lynn that there was, because uh, I think she'd been uh, contacted uh, by Garmin to say that there was a problem, but we were, really weren't sure what it was all about. Uh -huh. um, and then you sent me an, a message to say that it was a particular operating system within the Macs. Um, I think it's 10.14.6 uh, is it Mojave or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> the, whatever the version um whatever they call it and uh, so i was i was aware of that and then i had another customer saying oh he couldn't down or he couldn't find his maps anywhere uh, he thought he'd done the download but he couldn't find them uh so i then asked him to let me know what the operating system that he was running on his mac and it was the same version um and I think in the meantime, a customer who'd been in touch with you about it, John, mm -hmm. it said that they'd they'd been successful using an older Mac operating system, and that was fine. It's just this particular one that seems to be causing download problems at the moment. Yeah, the whole thing came out. We had a guy actually bought six GPS units, six E-Trex, just 25 for his scout group, and he was the southwest of England, and he had tremendous problems downloading with his Mac. And in the end, I said, oh, send them to me, and I downloaded them from on my PC, and was there any problems? As you rightly say, um, this new Mac operating system, for whatever reason, is lets you download it, but doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't complete the download. Gives you credit back, thank goodness, yeah. but actually, it doesn't solve the problem. So you are experiencing that problem with the bird's eye plus voucher. Um, um, let us know. Let Garmin know. This is what I always say to people: it's good to let Garmin know because they get a log of issues. They act on it far quicker than me say I've had 10 people do it. Or you're saying, I've got 10 people. You go, all right, that's safe. But if you pest them and say you've done a problem, it will work their way up their snag list, won't it? So yeah, as you say, absolutely. potentially you've got an older Mac with an older operator system, it, that, that's not causing a problem. Or PC users, you know, if you've got a friend or something with a PC, because with this bird's eye downloading, it, you, you can jump onto a friend's computer to do it, couldn't you? Absolutely. You, because what it does is the bird's eye... Uh, just needs to recognize the serial number of your GPS um, over the internet. That's all it needs. It doesn't need anything else. So provided you can get an internet connection, then yes, you can use a Windows PC, no problem at all. Yeah, jump on a friend's or wife's yeah. or husband's or something like that and download yeah. it that way. So yeah. a little bit of an issue with Bird's Eye uh, download, but which is 125,000 download if you've got a Mac with that latest operating system. So back to our agenda, which is Ian's FAQs. What's your Garmin FAQ for this month again. Okay, John. Just a, it's a very quick, simple one. Um, I've had a few queries uh, over people are clearly out walking, cycling, and their comments are, well, um, the map's not moving with me. I'm moving, but the map's not moving. Yeah. And almost, well, the reason why this is is that um, for the owners of the of, of a sixty series GPS, so. 66 what what's happened is is that the the rocker button in the middle has clearly been knocked and you're sort of like on the gps planning page uh -huh. sort of like um to plan a route track uh or a waypoint and so all you need to do is just press the quick button and then you get back to the live uh gps map page basically 
Um, and for touchscreen users, um, you'll know very quickly if you're in this planning page because you get the red-headed pin. Uh, so if you're on a page suddenly that can see a red-headed pin, you know that the map's not going to move. So again, there's a little back arrow, bottom left of the screen. You just touch that and it takes you back to the live page. And that little red pin is actually a waypoint, isn't it? So you accidentally yes. touched the screen um, yeah. and created a waypoint. Now, if you've got an Oregon 700 750 and also touch 25 35, the screen should lock to stop you from doing that, shouldn't you? You should have that it, little little it, dot with the four little triangles. Uh, absolutely, yes. I said it, it's it's more unusual because of the screens mm -hmm. uh, be, having to be unlocked for you to do anything. Yeah. But even so, um, if you do have a touch screen and it, the map's not moving and you see the red headed pin, that's what you need to do. Just backward arrow and put you back onto the live map screen brilliant so that's your garmin faq which is if you're on your map page and the map isn't moving more than likely you're in planning mode or you've created a waypoint so if it's a, if it's a 60 62 64 66 you must be have used a little rocker in the middle and you move that little arrow out to create a waypoint if you've got an oregon gps unit or a touchscreen gps unit uh, you're more than likely accidentally touch the screen and you have that little red pin that Ian's talked about which is a way you created a way mark and your little um, backward arrow down the bottom left hand corner to come out of that uh, to get that out of the situation so if your map's not moving have a quick look and more than likely that's what it will be so your sat map faq so your right. sat map faq in this is a good one it's a customization of all the data cells in a sat map active 20. um unfortunately anyone with an active 10 or the 12 uh whatever data cells that you've got is you can't change them but on the active 20 um you can just customize everything to what you're seeing all the information um these units are recording 78 pieces of information in the background all the time so it's your opportunity to customize um well you can customize the trip log screen and any other screen where you've got these little data fields um so the uh and and this all came about, um, but I think a gentleman struggling to keep ta um, an, an idea on his uh, battery level uh, in the GPS, because there you've got like the little icon top right hand corner of the screen of the little battery. Um, it, it, it's, it's easily missed. So my reply to him, uh, having contacted us through our support um, uh, management system, was you can actually customize the trip log page mm -hmm. uh, to have a battery level mm -hmm. uh, um, data cell. Um, so in case Active20 users aren't aware, um, you can uh, firstly redesign, um, if you like, the trip log page for the, for the grid. Um, and you do that by when, when you're on the trip log page, by going into the actions and you've got the option that says trip log layout. And it just gives you different combinations of um, grids that you can have on the trip log page. Um, so that's that bit. And then to customize a, uh, a cell, literally all you need to do is on the cell that you want to change, you just press and hold it. That, that's all you have to do. And then you get this long drop down list of um, all the bits of data that you can have visible in that particular cell. Uh, and once you've selected it, um, the cell I should say that when you selected it, it needs to be orange, so like um, highlighted in orange. Um, and then I found the quickest way to get out of it, to deselect it, is that with, again with sort of like the rocker button in the middle of the Active 20, if you just use the down uh, part of the button, uh, and it goes down to the bottom of the grid and then just it disappears and the information is saved. And as you're right, you said there's 78 options to choose from, isn't it? 78 yeah. different options to choose from. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as I say, it is quite nice because this gentleman say was, you know, he told me he was really struggling to keep an eye on his battery level. So, I was, you know, a bit like my Active 20 that I've got, one of my data cells is the battery level mm -hmm. so I can um, see more accurately uh, what the back, you know, how the battery is doing compared to the icon in the top right hand corner. 
Brilliant. So that's your SatMap top tip is change the trip log data and data fields on Active 20. So we just go on to uh, the change the grid layout by going to actions and then trip log layout. And you see this big drop down menu and you can just select what you want. And the one that Ian says quite being quite useful is have one as your battery level. It's just far easier to say. I must commend you, Ian, because you've had a busy last weekend. You did three days on the trot. You did a SatMap yes. course followed by a Garmin two day course. So yeah. a, a glutton for punishment. Good. Um, I hope your moral, uh, you, you can your, your smile on your face by the end of the third day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't on the second day, John, because it, it, we were in in the open forest and the view is beautiful normally. And all we had was this most horrific rain for about half an hour, and we got very very wet. So I thought I can't believe this. I did a course in Northamptonshire at the end of July. I was just wet all weekend. <laughs> Surely I must deserve a dry weekend. But apart from that. That half an hour it was pretty good yeah so um yes yeah. good weekend and we've got a quite a good run of courses now coming up i know i've got three courses in the next four weeks i know you've got quite a few courses we've got some courses where we both got a course on the weekend so we've got a nice run up uh, to the end of the year and we're starting to put together our courses for next year so hoping within the next two or three weeks our full course layout will be on the website uh, ready for next year and uh, yeah hopefully people can get themselves booked on and join us one of our either one day satmap gps training course or our two-day garmin gps training course don't forget we have lots of top tips and solutions to all your questions in the gps training online resource go to gps training click on the online resource in the top menu bar and then log in select the unit that you're looking for and you'll see there all the different top tips and faqs that would be asked And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's anything you would like to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. Please feel free to give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying an outdoor GPS unit. Please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS Training Courses. Please do tell your friends about the GPS Training Podcast. Encourage them to subscribe on whichever platform app they are listening to us on. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Overcast users for the Android people. It is very much appreciated. If you also could leave, leave us a snazzy review on whatever platform you listen to on, that would also be appreciated. Many thanks to Tom and Ian for joining me on this month's GPS Training Podcast, and hopefully you have plenty of opportunity to get out of the coming month and get plenty of miles under your belt. Yeah.